0: Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, Your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business, entrepreneurship, and success. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and today we have an extraordinary guest with a remarkable journey in the entrepreneurial world. He's a serial entrepreneur, an investor, an outstanding expert, a dedicated father, and a husband, Joe Rare. Joe's story is hey, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I got a l- little bit more background on you. I'm going to share. Oh, with sorry. I was cutting uh, in. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Uh Joe's story is one of resilience, innovation, and the power of virtual assistants, from door to door sales to multiple seven figure digital businesses, owning winning venues and a robust real estate portfolio. Joe's journey is nothing short of inspirational. So let's get ready to explore the insights and strategies from a man who's truly mastered the art of building successful businesses from the ground up. Welcome, Joe.
1: All right. Thanks. Hey. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So it sounds like you have an exciting story. And uh, why don't we start with what initially inspired you to become an entrepreneur and then maybe, you know, where you're at now and, and then we can cover some, of the, some sure. of the stuff that happened along the way.
1: Yeah, no. Um. I mean, my, my entrepreneurial journey Started pretty young. It was, uh, you know, my dad was a failed entrepreneur, my my real dad, Uh, but my my mom and my stepdad were both just employees, no drive towards anything entrepreneurial. So it wasn't instilled in me well uh, how to do it. But when I was, I want to say, I guess it was it was ninety nineteen ninety eight or so. I was uh, about to finish high school, and I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. And that was really kind of the catalyst that was open my eyes to, you know, if you're working the job, you're making somebody else wealthy, yeah. right? So you're working somebody else's business while they get to do whatever. And so that really kind of hit, hit the nail on the head for me. Um, as I was younger though, I had a, a friend, a really good friend of mine and his dad for some reason was always available to us. He would take us to baseball games. The middle of a, of, a, of a work week. And it was just, it was just, in, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why my parents are working? Like, what, what's this guy doing? Like, how is he able to do this? And then as I got older, I understood that, oh, well, he owns the biggest businesses in town. Right. So he's very successful. And I, re- you know, that was kind of like my first understanding, the guy who owns the businesses has the freedom. And so I said, okay, that's, you know, what I want. And then rich dad, poor dad became the catalyst on, on really, okay, this is how you do it. And so, you know, I went to college to play basketball or I thought I was going to play basketball and I got to sit the bench um, and then realizing that I'm not going to, you know, I decided I'd just start my entrepreneurial journey and and I got started.
0: Nice. And um, I think from reading your bio, I think it started with even door-to-door sales before you leapt into digital. So can you oh, tell yeah. us a little bit about that uh, and uh, maybe some <laughs> of the landmines along the way and and how you transitioned into the digital world as well, I guess. Yeah.
1: You know, the, uh, the, the cool thing is, is that door to door sales really, I mean, it's harsh and it was, you know, walking into a business we used to sell literally like, you know, widgets and, and, you know, pots and pans and toys and kids coloring books and, you know, steak knives or whatever. Like, I mean, it was, we basically were supplied with product. We walked door to door into businesses and we sold to the people, whoever was in front of us, you sold them something that will get you over rejection really fast. Yeah. You don't have a choice but to get comfortable getting told no to your face a lot. Right. So you really start to understand how to move through those uh no's, how to read somebody quite effectively. Um, and and really, I mean, how to how to hold that that confidence throughout the day, even though you're getting beat down. Um, understanding things like the law of averages and that has carried me through everything else. I think that if I hadn't gone through that and Done that, I probably wouldn't be as good at sales as I am today, um, which wouldn't have given me the opportunity to create everything that I've created so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like you say, the law of averages. Really, I mean, every no is just you're that much closer to yes. So, so, thank you for the no. Yeah, right? yeah, which is <laughs> counterintuitive, right? But uh, I
1: it, it is. It took so long to actually believe that. Yeah, and I think the the believing it part is the hardest. Yeah, it's one thing to you know, theorize this whole concept and to have the concept. But when you work it and you see it day after day, after day, after day, week after week, and month after month, like when you really actually see it and you go, no, every time I do this, when I get to a certain point, the same thing occurs and you start to go, okay, this, this, there is no anomaly. This is, this is law. This happens. And so that's been helpful. Yeah,
0: for sure. So um I know you're doing uh you're in the involved with uh, in the VA world, virtual assistants. And I'm actually like uh really interested to hear about that. So why don't you tell us about your latest business? And uh I got
1: a bunch of questions for you on that. So sure. Yeah. Uh so well level nine virtual is not my latest business. That's the um that's really the the, the backbone of almost everything that we we right. do. So every time we launch something new, it's using virtual assistance. Okay. So um, another book. I was introduced to virtual assistants through the Four Hour Work Week, um, and so in 2000, I want to say 2008. Uh, it was November of 2008. I hired my first virtual assistant, and I've had a team of them working with me every single day since.
0: Right. So it's
1: been a long time that I've had teams of VAs working in my business, and my personal life, and and so on. Um, but you know, really understanding as you get into business, some of the biggest challenges are employees. It's staff. It's leverage understanding, you know, there's only a couple ways to create leverage. You can do it through money, right? Where you have resources and you have capital to deploy, or you can do it through, you know, staff where you have human capital and, um, you know, that the, 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 be able to, the combo, the human element of it, of human capital combined with cost leverage was really, really interesting to me because starting out small businesses, most people fail. I believe a huge part of it is that they can't build a team. To deploy all of the ideas and the necessary things for them to be successful, because at first it's just them; they don't have any money to hire people. Yeah, and so if you don't have any money, you can't hire people, and if you can't hire people, you can't deploy all these great ideas and 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 have all these skill sets available to you. And virtual assistants was the answer, and you know there's cost leverage with it because we're using you know a foreign country you know yeah. um, you know labor, and it's been it's been remarkable. And now today my, you know, my claim to fame is that all of my companies are run by virtual assistants. Right. That's fascinating. Right. I mean, um, can, can you maybe
0: start, like, I mean, I know you, you did mention a little bit, but can you go back to the first VA and like, what did you outsource to the first VA? Like, how did you, how did you get started? Cause I mean, there's probably plenty of people listening. It's like, how do I train them? How do I, how do I let go? Yeah. And that's really like, And I'll, I'll say, even for myself, I struggle with the same thing. Like, how do I possibly get them to run my businesses? Sure. And, uh,
1: yeah, the very first VA was a total failure. (laughs) Um, I, it was an, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the first four were complete failures and I had to basically cycle through and find the right people. Right. So, um, but what, all I was trying to get off my plate was the administrative stuff, um, you know, like at the time I had an e-commerce business and I was, I was doing that. So there's a lot of follow-up with fulfillment and, and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get, you know, product out the door, making sure that that was done. And, you know, 2008, you didn't have Shopify, you didn't have Shopify plugged into all these other avenues. You couldn't do Amazon fulfillment and have them handle it. So all of that stuff, we were using a, a, a one supplier over here, and then we'd have to have the product shipped to a, a fulfillment center. And then there was no connection to find out what my inventory looked like. So it was all the administrative stuff around that, that I was trying to just get off my plate because I'd say, here's all the orders that came in. Well, what happened to them? And then I'd spend half my day trying to like go through all this stuff. And I just wanted somebody to handle that. And that was the first thing that I was trying to accomplish. The problem was, was that I, you know, I I tried every country out there until, you know, later I landed on the Philippines and that's where we built the biggest part of our team. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yep. And, um, and so I, I so, okay, great. And so can you just talk a little bit more about the process of building up your, your, some of your businesses and what they do, what sort of businesses you're running using VAs now? Cause it's, again, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I have my marketing agency, which serves the wedding industry. And right. so we work with wedding venues and the VA team literally does everything. So the right. way I started that um, was having one virtual assistant prospect and help connect me with my target audience, the person that, you know, my actual avatar. So they would do nothing but prospect. They would get me in a conversation with them and then I would sell and I would close the sale. And so all I needed them to do was get me into a conversation and I could take care of the rest. And so that was the first part. Well then, okay, great. Now we have some customers. Now what? So I had we had to fulfill the service. So all I did was I said, "Okay, we got customer number 1 right here. I am going to document with the people I'm going to have do the fulfillment. I'm going to document the entire process on video with them on it. They are going to uh you know, they're going to write the SOPs. They're going to know everything. We're going to do it together. I'm going to fulfill the whole thing so you could see it from start to finish. Nothing's left out. I only had to do that really like once. And then I had to answer a few questions along the way, but they just they they got it. So now I have the fulfillment side done. I've got the prospecting side done. I'm in the middle, and all I have to do is sell.
0: Right. So you're selling what you're selling the when you wedding venue to uh, like to wet brides and grooms or
1: no 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 to the venue itself so the, to the company. So we were B2B sales. So we did, okay. you know, we did marketing and uh, services for wedding venues to help them, them attract, attract more brides.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So the selling is, is bringing onboarding new ve- wedding venues. That's your correct. Co- yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. And so that's, and so that's how I started it. And then as it grows a little bigger now all of a sudden it's like, wait, hold on, we're making money. Like, how do we manage that? And so, yeah. oh, there's bills to pay. So now you get a finance yeah. team. Yeah. As the, the staff grows, you get a, an HR team. Well, and simultaneously so, we had such fast success with that business. I went from, you know, basically zero. I had one client, but I went from zero to 109,000 a month in four months nice. in revenue. <laughs> and then awesome. we were able to double it. Yeah. And I said, Amazing. Hey, I could do the same thing with the virtual assistant company, which I had only used just to support my clients. And so I said, well, let's just do the same thing. And so we kind of relaunched that strategy and then that company exploded and that nice. one grew and that's still the largest company that we have. Um, which is the VA that, company itself. It's the VA company. Yeah. So, so Level Nine so Virtual, you, so is, you're you're
0: offering VAs now to people. That's uh, Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the origination of that company was uh, one of my VAs said, "Hey, you keep telling everybody how to go get their own VAs. Why don't you just offer them?" And I'm like, "I don't want to do that, you know." And then she brought me basically like some numbers and said, "Hey, this is this is how many people have been asking and you've just been telling them. Here's how much money you could have been making." I was like, yeah. "Whoa." Yeah. So I said, okay, let's start doing that. But I only did it for my clients and we didn't do it. Like we didn't offer it to outside companies or people. It was only to my existing client base. And then it was like, hold on, we can actually grow this and scale this. This could be way bigger than the agency. And then it was. Okay. So from there, we've started multiple other companies and failed a few companies. And, um, you know, we have a a digital marketing company in the campground space. We have uh, a dispatching service for uh, freight dispatching. Uh, we have a data supply company, where we do, anonymous website visitors. We do identity matching. Nice. And um, so then that ties into the marketing space. All of the companies are run by virtual assistants.
0: Amazing. Can you maybe talk a little bit about some of the strategies you employ in managing the VAs, or do you have VAs managing
1: the VAs now? I we assume have VAs managing the VAs. I assume, yeah. You do. So this is, I know, it's super <laughs> meta. Um, you know, it's like we, <laughs> it's kind of the funniest thing. So my my philosophy is is that I don't touch anything that would alter my lifestyle from right. the way that I want to be living. So if it's going to take my time, it's going to take my my resources that is going to alter in some way how I want to be living my life, the freedom that I want to have, the ability to be with my kids as you know as often as humanly possible, um, to do all the things that I need to do and want to do. If I can't do those things, I don't touch the project. I don't touch the business. I don't invest right. in it. I don't buy the real estate or, or any of that. Um, but as far as operations go, yeah, I mean, it's super meta. When I say like I run a VA company run by VAs, I literally mean every layer of it is virtual assistants. Right. The HR team, and then their team is all VAs, the finance division. You know, I have a finance director who, who's in the US, uh, but he he manages all of our finances. So personally, right. businesses, investments, he handles everything. However, he has a VA team and they all run all the books and they do everything. They run payroll, they do everything. Yeah. And so the entire company is genuinely operated by VAs. Right, right.
0: I have a real base question, I mean, about the Vs, sure. when you first sign on one and you're trying to outsource some of your admin and whatever, do you need to, do you basically need to give them all the logins to all your stuff or is there a way of managing it with some level of like, you know, not feeling like, uh, like how do you do that? Like, how is that? How do they, how do most people handle that piece of it?
1: So a lot of it is you can set people up with their own user account, right? So they have access and you can, they have a login. So it kind of depends what you're referring to. right? Um, over time, you just build trust. You, it, yeah. it happens over time. A lot of people are very fearful in the beginning, so I'm like, cool, take it slow. You still, if you hired somebody in the U S. that was sitting right next to you, you wouldn't just give them all your logins. Right, it would take time, and yeah. so the same. There's no difference, and I think this is where the huge, you know, incongruency is, is that. People don't realize that just because somebody's in the Philippines doesn't mean they're different than somebody sitting next to you. You're going to run the same level of, of you know, um, security. You're going to, you know, not give up passwords and logins to things like that without trust that's been built over a period of time, but you start small. So if it's giving them access to marketing systems with our entire database, well, maybe we won't give them the whole database. Maybe we'll have yeah. them work in a certain area but it, right. you know one of the one of the reasons that, that our company's been very successful is that we vet and take out a lot of that risk because we do so much on the back end we do criminal background checks we understand their internet you know connectivity we understand who they live with and what the the uh, propensity is that there might be some sort of, of fraud or something like that out of over 4000 companies that we've worked with we've never had anybody maliciously Take right. anything from anybody, not right. once. And in my business, my finance team, they can literally move money. They run right. payroll. They run yeah. enormous amounts of money out of my account every single, you know, pay period. So right. it, you know, but it took time. It wasn't something we trusted right away. We built them into it. And so I think it's just like any other relationship of trust. You just have to allow them to earn it and um, you know, never give them so much slack that they can hang themselves. Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's very helpful. Um, I was reading about in your, in your bio and background about the pod system. Can you explain what that is and how it benefited your business ops? And yeah,
1: Yeah. so that's, it's, it's essentially what I do in my business. Um, It's called projects on demand. So we call it our pods and it's kind of like this play on words because what it ends up being is that there will be a project manager here. And then they've got a pod of, of team members, virtual assistants that have various skill sets That they can assign tasks to so in my business we have six companies and we say okay great i need a graphic design task done for this company over here assign it hey you guys somebody get this done for me hey we've got this video editing task over here get that done hey we've got a website we need to build we need landing pages funnels email marketing whatever it is i just send it to a project manager they farm it out to their team of people who have that skill set not a graphic designer trying to also build funnels but like a developer is doing the development work a graphic designer a video editor you know somebody who understands you know marketing uh copywriting all of those things all of those individuals who have those individual skill sets fit within a a pod
0: okay and then what we do is
1: we you can submit a project so as the service that we provide our clients you can buy a block of hours let's say i need 40 hours that i want to use over the course of an entire month right you're going to sign five projects at a time and say hey I need a graphic design test done. I need my CRM updated. I need landing pages and a funnel build and ad campaigns, you know, uh, you know, creative done or whatever you can assign all of that and it'll get done by people with those respective skills. Right. And then you just use those hours when you run out, we re you up and that's it. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that is very cool. I like that. I like the yeah. sound of that. The, um, so, how do you grow your team? Like, how do you go to the Philippines, or do you have people in the Philippines that help you to find more? Like, because it's a lot, seems oh, yeah. like a we lot have of an work entire to hire um,
1: recruitment team over there. It's all you know, VA's right? HR Division. <laughs> yeah. Everything's run by them. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I know, I, I like to say it, and people don't understand what I mean. Yeah, I don't operate the company. The right. VA's literally do. So, I mean, you're talking from recruitment, find more people. Yeah. Hey, we don't have enough of these people. Like, somebody in the team knows that. And they, you know, and they're recruiting, they're managing their, uh, yeah, yeah, every aspect that you're imagining the only piece that isn't in the Philippines, but it's still outsourced is sales, it's still outsourced. We still have a contractor who handles sales and, um, he's been with us. He actually partnered another business with me and and all that stuff, but it's a, it's a really good setup. I mean, it just works unbelievably
0: well. Very cool. Can, could you, um, reflect on like the return on it like I mean well I mean to ask the cushion in plain English, which I like to do is like, yeah, is there some kind of a like a value proposition that you offer people when you explain about using the VAs from offshore versus hiring Sally, Bob and Jackie in Florida? You know what I mean? My like favorite, how- yeah,
1: my favorite way to explain this is yeah. um it's it's all everybody's concern is at the level of talent. Right. If you go overseas or if you're outsourcing, you're going to reduce your access to the level of talent that you feel like you need. Right. So I always explain to people, like, I dropped out of college. (laughs) I am not (laughs) educated when it comes to that. My lead developer on my, that's a full time staff member with us, he has a master's degree and he's a professor at a university. His experience surpasses almost everything that I could hire in the US. Yeah. And if you want to talk about the leverage, right? Well, he's paid extremely well for the Philippines. It would cost us $150,000 a year, probably to hire that same type of a person here in the U S right. And it will cost us, you know, 25,000 a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's the kind of like leverage. $30,000. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But right. But right. Right. You could have a hundred thousand dollar discrepancy and gain in the difference in, 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 in hiring overseas. It is a gigantic difference, right? Wow. and most just don't comprehend that that level of value is there yeah and it is and, i'm actually and, uh, yeah i
0: actually i'm quite confident about the value i was I obviously i was sort of trying to figure out what what the cost ratio looks like you know sure. are you kind of saving 2 to 1 3 to
1: 1 you know that kind sometimes of sometimes it's 10 to 1 yeah. um you know other yeah. times it's yeah other times right. it might be 4 or 5 to 1 um right. you know but you know as we as we've continued to grow, we've found that there's just more opportunity to employ people in, in the Philippines and provide value to them and their families. Right. When we do that, they are unbelievably grateful. They're unbelievably loyal. And then they provide exceptional value yeah. to the U S you know, to the teams. Right.
0: So <laughs> I was gonna ask you like how do you balance work and life as an entrepreneur? But
1: there I'm almost no tempted that you're gonna tell me that you outsource your life to a VA. But yeah. I mean <laughs> I'm sure. So you like don't in the winter, that. you know, I'm a I live in Montana and I'm okay. a snowmobiler. And okay. so in the winter, like my focus is snowmobiling. Okay. Good. And so my team needs they know that in the winter, like I'm not available. And yeah. so they have they have to be able to solve problems and make it work. So what, what it's created for me that I've always loved is everybody tries to get into business on their own to create freedom. Right. They think they're think they going to have all this free time or all this free capital, and they're going to have resources to go do all the fun stuff they want to do. Right. What happens to most people? They, they get got a new job. Own,
0: yeah. They bought they themselves a the job. Nine to
1: five <laughs> for an eight to midnight. Yeah, right? exactly, like, yeah. I mean, that's the reality. Oh. And I just don't think that that's That has to be reality. There's the opportunity for people to genuinely create freedom. They just, they're, they're afraid, you know, how do I give somebody my logins? It's easy. Yeah. Don't give them anything they can hang themselves with or hurt you with. Right. And then build trust. But so what I've gotten to do is I've gotten to become a strategic advisor and an investor in my companies. And so I can create the vision and here's where I want the company to go. You guys go execute on it. Yeah. I'll invest resources, whether it's, you know, do you need financial capital, do you need human capital? Like, what do we need? I'll invest. And then we'll reassess in a month or in a quarter and we'll see how it goes.
0: Right. Okay. So as we kind of wind down here, can you explain uh, while you're, and you can share your URLs at sort of at the same time and your links and all that stuff. Like, how do you onboard it if it's a company you know that's maybe you know a small business they're looking to maybe take advantage of some of this stuff that you're saying and spend more time on the snowmobile or water right. skiing one or the other the um, how do you onboard a customer like a, like how do you onboard a client and what 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 should they expect in the first week you know uh, who, who helps them to get through it and right yeah takes the yeah. fear out of it and makes easiest, it the easiest
1: easiest thing to do if you go yeah. to level number nine virtual.com, Very easy. Level9virtual.com. In the top right corner, there's a button that says book a call. Like schedule a call. You'll you'll get to talk to our team. His name's Dakota. Talk to Dakota. Dakota is really, really effective at consultative direction. And what he's going to do is he's going to seriously communicate with you about the needs of your business, the best route to go. The amount of business we turn away because, hey, it's just not the right time for you right? Yeah. Don't spend money on this, do this, this, and this, and then come back to us. Got it. Or, you know, Hey, here's how you can genuinely create more profit, more free time, all of those things and get more done. Here's, here's the, the recipe to do that. And Dakota is fantastic at it. So that's the first thing go there, book a call, do that after yeah. you sign up, which is a super simple process, sign yeah. up on, on our website. Um, Dakota will direct you exactly where to go after that you're going to, if you signed up for the projects on demand service, the same day, you're going to get connected with your project manager. Right. And you can immediately, as soon as you have your project manager, you can immediately submit tasks. And so we have a form. Every time you want to submit a task, you just fill out the form with all the details that goes right into our project management system. Um, all communication is super easy inside our Asana system. And that's that for, for the projects on demand. If you get a dedicated VA, somebody who directly works within your company, mm-hmm. you will be connected with Michelle, who does placements. Placements is connecting you with your, the v, the right VA for your needs. So you'll just simply fill out a questionnaire that's like, "Hey, what are all the needs you need? You know, you're looking for in a VA." And what she'll do is she'll match skill set, personality profile against your needs, and then say, "Hey, here's who we believe is the best fit according to what you're looking for." You get to meet them. If you meet them, you say, great, this sounds awesome. Let's have them start on, you know, Wednesday at 9 a.m. Done. And that's how it works.
0: Awesome. Love it. Super easy. Yeah, that's great. And what about yourself? Like, is there, we we'll learn more about your journey and what you're doing. Is there any uh, socials that you share or anything like that? Yeah. I
1: mean, if you just look up Joe rare, you can find me kind of anywhere. Joe um, yeah. JoeRare.com <laughs> has pretty much every link to to everything there. Um, you know, I'm on podcasts all the time. So sometimes yeah. you get a wrinkle of a story that might help. And you yeah. know, if there's some, some cool clever thing that I said somewhere, hopefully my VA team grabbed it and then they published it so that somebody can get the lesson. It's uh, a, hopefully it's out there.
0: That's great. Well, I'll definitely connect with you on LinkedIn and stuff like that. So please, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for being here and uh, it was great having you on the Profit Powerhouse. So thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate it.
0: Great. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, Navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the Be a Guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button, and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media, and continue the conversation and stay inspired. For resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos, and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast for your success story.